Hello again, everybody, and uh, welcome to our Just Two Dads podcast. I am uh, co-host Brian Altunian, here with my uh, my partner in success, my partner in Thrive, Mr. Sean Francis. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you doing? I am blessed and eternally grateful, man. <laughs> Me too. Isn't that the feeling, right? This every every morning I wake up and I'm I first thing I do is is spend a moment of gratitude. Um, thankful for a lot of things. I know our, our guest Robert today talks a lot about, I seem to be getting younger. So I'm going to keep the gratitude habit up because I feel like I'm getting younger every day. So it, it works. But uh, I think starting out the day uh, feeling grateful for the blessings that we have every day is, is, a, is a great way to start and keep, and, and keep us moving forward throughout the day. So many things going on in the world right now that are out of our control. So the one, the few things that we can't control, you know, our attitude, our activity and our execution are the things that we, um, we want to focus on. And again, thanking, thanking those, the powers that be that have helped us to take a breath every morning and sleep well every night. So uh, I'm grateful to be doing that. I'm grateful to be doing this show with you um, every week. We've now started to uh, amass a nice library of material. And for those of you who are new to our our podcast and new to our um, us as a as an audience member. Sean and I started this conversation. Well, really, we started this conversation about four years ago. Um, but we, because we both are are parents of children who have special needs issues, either special education or other special needs issues. Um, my daughter had some learning disabilities. She had an individualized uh, education program from the time that she was eighteen months old. Sean's son, Elijah, is on the autism spectrum. And so we share that commonality and we somewhat joke about it that we're members, involuntary members of a club that uh, we didn't select to be in. Um, but it's developed a brotherhood and a, and a camaraderie that, that has just been so amazing for me as an individual, for me as a, you know, as, a, as a man. And as Sean and I are having conversations about the impact of this, we thought, why don't we actually have this conversation where we know we can have uh, an impact on other communities because it's not just the special needs community, but that's where that's where the that's where this podcast was born from. But the conversations that we find ourselves in now on a regular basis transcends n a number of communities, and I'm excited to be uh, talking to our guest today about about a specific community that is, by the way, is not just geographically located in one tiny area, but has is also has a broad broad spread. So. Um, very excited to be getting into the into the conversation. So our, our show is called Just Two Dads. We do this every week live on Facebook Live. We're on now 14 different podcast outlets and down in the U.S. Virgin Islands on WSTX AM radio. Um, we'd love to do this show. We love the reach. We'd love to have the conversation. And we believe that men should be involved in conversations more than just sports, politics, hunting, and you know <laughs> some of the stereotypical things that we do. And so hopefully we're able to um, share some insight. And, and what we find is that in this conversation, we are surrounded by phenomenal people who have a huge impact on their community. Uh, we call them warriors, whether they're life coaches or they're doing something in their community, they're educators, they're professionals, they're serving a community that's much bigger than themselves. And, um, and as we get into today's guest, um, today's guest is an advocate for children. He's one of our bigger supporters. He's actually the catalyst behind us being able to do our show live uh, in the US Virgin Islands. And so we're excited to be talking to, to Robert Moorhead today and the advocacy that Robert has done for the children in his community and for the, and the adults in his community is so broad reaching that uh, it just fit in perfectly with who we are 
as fathers, uh, you know, in this in, in the context of what we're doing here with our Just Two Dads uh, show. And so before we get to Robert, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about that. But I want to say hello to, to Sean, um, again, my, my partner in success and um, have you open it up. And, and Sean, I want you to tell the story about how you know Robert, because in fact, it's going to be a conversation between the two of you. I'm going to kind of sit back and just sort of take it all in. I'm going to be able to to get excited about just listening to how you guys. I can't wait for, for as I said to Robert, I can't wait for Sean to slip into a little Virgin Island groove going on here. So so without further ado, Sean Francis, well, welcome, buddy. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to be here always. And, you know, several things. The conversations that we have are conversations that, Men have men have these conversations, but the conversations usually exist between the ears or between one and himself and not with other men. And they need to take place elsewhere. And um, our guest today is uh, the greatest example of that. Uh, I've known him for years. We end up doing this show. He tunes in, likes it, and follows and everything. And it's great that he likes it, but I had no idea that he would be as receptive as he is. But it's funny as I as, as time goes on and I think back, he was always that way. And so our guest today is Robert Moorhead. Robert and I, I'm originally from uh, St. Thomas. Robert and I went to school together in, gosh, third and fourth grade, and then again in ninth grade. And then we actually took karate lessons together on St. Thomas with a very prominent sensei by the name of uh, Richard, Richard Bell. Bell, who my dad learned under. And, <laughs> and now my dad uh, is a sensei unto himself. So um welcome 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 and welcome robert so great to have you it is good to be here i uh and i am blessed to be here uh and i as i have said before you know i look forward to uh the, the conversations that you guys have had and you know as it's been stated before this is a conversation that uh more need to be involved in and i think one of the areas uh that you guys emphasize on uh the male component it's a voice that's been silent. Uh, you know, we're told not to cry, not to show certain uh, expressions uh, and, and or emotions. Uh, and, and to me, that's that limits who we are, you know, and it doesn't allow us to be able to show our offspring that it's okay, you know, to hug. It's okay to, to not feel well and say that I don't feel well. Um, the, the, the old uh, psychological uh, proverb is be very leery of someone that says that they are fine. This is an individual that's not in tune with their emotions because in more clean terms, it's that they're frigged up, emotional, neurotic, and emotional. In, uh, frigged up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Uh, and, and you never want to have that as a, a reply, but that's what men were told. You know, just be tough and suck it up. It's, it's good when you have the opportunity to speak to another male and they say, you know what, I'm having that same, you know, crisis or situation, you know, and this is what I did or this is what helped me, you know, and it's okay if it's two females, but for some reason it's not okay if it's two males and I'm against that. You know, well, let's, let, let's, let's kind of get to that because you have several layers of um, I don't know, prohibitiveness, if, if, if I don't even know if that's even a word, but you have, you know, amongst men, as you said, it's not quote unquote, okay to bury emotion and speak about fears, concerns, and things of that sort. It's seen as a sign as a sign of weakness. Then when you add to that men of color, that takes place 
another layer. And then when you add to that men in the Caribbean, then it's another layer. Each, <laughs> each, each community adds a layer of machismo, if you will. So I know where my source comes Hello from. Hello again, everyone. Another layer. You know? Apologize. <laughs> Keep going. We have a feedback here. Audio. Well, I, I know where my, my um, you know, level or idea that that is not correct and is okay comes from. Tell us about yours, since we are both from the Virgin Islands. We know that that's not the message that is traditionally given. Where do you get that from? Or what is it that allows you to give that and then, as a result, receive it in the manner that we present it on this show as it pertains to the special needs community and beyond? Well, I, well you would know as well. Here in the territory, um, <laughs> what is now uh, acceptable when we were coming up was, was unacceptable. Right. Um, I went home from school and my grandparents were home. They weren't in a home. They were at our home. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, the, the roles that you played, irregardless of your gender, was the same. You know, you had to wash dishes. You know, it was your turn. Whether, you know, it was my sister or my brother, it was just your turn. Uh, so right. you wash dishes. Uh, in some communities, men doing uh, these types of things are, are looked down on. Uh, the funny thing about it now is um, my fiance, she thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread because she's from the Dominican Republic and it's looked down on for men to cook and clean and do laundry. But this is what I grew up doing. And it's, it's even more so for her. She thinks it's wonderful. You know, she gets help and whatnot. But to me, it's just, it's part of what I'm accustomed to. You know, if you're doing laundry, shoot, I wore the clothes as well, so let's do the laundry. Um, you know, it's, it's not like long ago where you had to do it by hand and hang it up on the line. Uh, you know, there are machines doing most of that now. Um, but the, the concept of participating, uh, fixing breakfast for her, uh, you know, uh, gentlemen, trust you me, the more things that you're able to do, uh, for your significant other. Um, it shows a quality in you and it brings out a quality in them. You know, Absolutely. And it, 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 we, we tend to, you know, feel, well, oh, she's supposed to do all of these things. Well, what happens in her absence? Can you do those things for yourself? Mm -hmm. And right. the, the, the argument about, you know, uh, oh, well, I don't cook. The best chefs in the world are male. It is odd to find, and not saying that they don't have, but the number is much, much less than males. You know, so um, my thing is, look, uh, <laughs> there's a term that we have here locally. It's called don don, and I don't want anybody cooking anything special for me. So <laughs> um, we, I, I the, the don don thing, Sean will tell you later, but. <laughs> 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 it's basically when you're cooked, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting though, Robert. My, I grew up. My father um, is Armenian, obviously, and so Middle Eastern culture. My father was, I think, a unique hybrid because he was very affectionate. He was very affectionate. Hugs and and kissing was was normal in our family, but there was also there was that, and then don't be 
Like, don't cry. Don't, you know, to your point, suck it up, be a man. All those things that we now look at, I think for those of us who are evolved, think, oh my God, what a horrible thing to say to your child. But, but you know, um, he, it was a weird combination, right? So it was sort of a mixed message. It was like, you know, yeah, come here, let me be affectionately how you kiss you. Oh, you know, you, you, you know, you got sick. Well, I hope you cleaned it up before you, you know, went and lied down. Like, it was sort of like a weird, like, interesting thing, right? So I think culturally, the, the way that men, communicate and you know communicate with each other and communicate within the hierarchy of their families and in relationships right i think that it's it, we're seeing more of a global change if you will that uh these kinds of conversations i think are good for everybody to know that there's another way of communicating with with your partners and with your family members and there's another way of providing service to your significant other and Right. And so, but, but for my, my, I had to learn all of that uh, through relationships, which was sometimes painful because I was like, oh, I was doing it wrong. I didn't even know that was what I grew up in. I didn't know that that was wrong. Right. So I like to add that we're having this conversation. I, I want to hear more about how, 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 you know, your culture is in the islands, if it's, if it's, you know, different than what we experience here in the States as it relates to men, men's conversations. Well, you start with terminology. When we started our initial conversation, and to you, it, it is something that is normal. And everywhere you can see it. Um, my, my son, he's six years old. And when we're watching the news, they have a portion that says, you know, the kids news. Right. He would, he would always come back and go, well, daddy, they have children on the TV. I haven't seen any goats, you know. <laughs> and I have to explain to him, you know, it's a term that they use now but it is not a term that we embrace so much here in the in the virgin islands because most people in the neighborhood may have a goat and you know it, it, it's it's not that abnormal to have a garden and a goat or something in, in your yard uh i mean even at my house my next door neighbor has three goats you know and he is very familiar with the term kid you sure. know just so, so you know, every time I hear the word kid now, or I say I hear it come out of my mouth, I I instantly have the Robert Moorehead voice in my ear going, children, child, children, child, not a kid. Uh, we had a guest on last week who was talking about, he was an educator, he was talking about a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about all of the kids. And all I kept thinking was like, oh boy, Robert is really going to have a field day with this guy. So, but I take it you're absolutely right. In a way, using a terminology like that can, in certain cultures, be not just uh, seemed, I don't want to say derogatory, but not seen just as derogatory, but can also be stifling from a growth perspective. And I loved, I watched your show as you were, you mentioned it on your show, I think maybe because I was, you saw that I was watching, uh, because you talked about it. And I think that you're empowering, the, the conversation around empowering children with just that one change in term is significant. And I think that that's a great example. I, great have, example. I have worked with many children and um, one of the things that you would get them to say is, I can't do something. Right. Okay. Well, so you can't do it, then don't do it. No, but I want to do it. Then do it. You know, <laughs> you have, you are able, and this is what we don't uh, let our young people know. You are able. And I have had some with physical challenges and, and they would come and say, oh, well, you know, you know, Mr. Moorhead, that, you know, I just walk funny. I said, look. As old as I am, I walk funny too, but I'm going to get from point A to point B. Are you? Oh, I just get there. Then what are you worried about? <laughs> the yeah. object being is if we're all going to go to Lionel Roberts Stadium, okay, 
It doesn't make a difference whether you use Main Street, I use Back Street, and Brian uses Waterfront. The objective is for all of us to end up at Lionel Roberts Stadium. Right. All of us to end up at our desired location. The means of transportation, whether I use a horse, you use a motorcycle, and Sean flies in with a helicopter. Are we going to be in the same location? Yes. Then how you got there is irrelevant. Hmm. The shortcomings that we have, as long as I can accept my own shortcomings and I know them, it would be impossible for you to go, oh, Robert, you, you've got the gray beard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it comes with the package. It's mine, <laughs> you know, and I'm comfortable with it. So once I am comfortable with it in my own skin, then your opinion is like everybody's, you know, toilet bowl. Mm -hmm. We've all got one, you know. So it's it's not to put so much emphasis on the labels. And when they, you know, our young people give us labels, we need to be in a position to be stern and give back those labels and say, well, look, if you can't do it, if you feel you cannot do it, then don't. But I want to do it. Then it's done. As long as you have the desire and that's all that's required. Once you put that in, then, you know, people can say what they want to say. You're the one that, I mean, uh, we promoted boxing here for a while for our young people, and we took them around the Caribbean. And, you know, the one thing that I did, they come to, what should I do? I'm not in the ring with you. You got to make that decision. Right. I'm not taking any punches. I'm holding on to some water waiting for you to come back. <laughs> you know? But you're right. the one that has to deal with it. Oh, but, but, but Mr. Uh, 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 I didn't take a punch in my eye. You're the one that has to be ready to defend yourself, whether to be offensive or defensive, because you are the one that's in the ring. Right. I'm, I'm sort of a, it, it may seem like a loaded question because the answer may seem obvious, but I'm interested on a global or national scale, as well as the Virgin Islands perspective. And because when I asked my previous question, Robert, you answered it in a way that, that you shine some light as you, as you tend to, which is like, I never, st I just stopped to think, well, this is how it was when we grew up. I haven't lived at home, um, you know, three years, even though I've, you know, visited. So I don't know what hasn't, hasn't necessarily changed. So tell me this, do you think most in your eyes, in terms of what you see, at least locally, that most children, uh, teenagers or younger have any sense of who they are because for you to have a sense of who you are and be comfortable in your skin that's a rare thing to begin with and and and, and i've never stopped to think you know i don't know how that translates to, to special needs like i wonder my son with his autism at 14 does he know does he know do you think that's something that you see um, a lot of or that kids don't have an idea they have a false idea mm -hmm. um do you remember the TV that you had when in your home uh, when you were growing up. Do you oh, yeah. remember the do you, do you remember the process? Yeah, I think about it from time to time as I look at this one, e even though I'm used to it, every now and then it'll hit and you'll be like, wow, it's just night and day. Well, to to prelude it, at home when we were growing up, uh, my 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 parents and them had a Curtis Mathis, but it was the same. You'd have to turn the TV on and we'd go down and to the kitchen and we would make our bush tea. We had tin cups at the time uh, with the colored rims uh, and you'd make tea, but you've turned the TV on, but it takes 15 <laughs> minutes for the, the TV, TV to warm up. up. Yeah, it had to warm up. 
you know, and yeah. it would be this little speck that would yes. turn in. Oh, that would that I remember. Open up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I remember. I forgot about that. That I remember. Well, understand the terminology. Again, the labels. What is the full term for a TV? Television, you mean? You're television. missing one word. It's a television program. Program. Mm. Now let's take the word program. The television is programming us. But again, when we were growing up, the TV was not the center. Okay. Uh, we didn't spend 24 hours in front of the TV. Uh, in the evening time, you'd come in and, and here in the islands at the time, you know, the TV went off at 12 o'clock, came on at a certain time. And if you That's wanted right. to, you know, if you wanted to watch anything else, you were watching uh, 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 WAPA Television. Um, which is which from is Puerto Rico. Four. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Camera, por favor. <laughs> and, and, and we grew up with that, but the television wasn't the center. We would all get together, uh, whether on a Saturday, Sean and I would meet and we would go down to karate class. And after karate class, we'd walk home together. You pick Kenneps or Tamans or, you know, whatever it was. We were more open to our environment and the development came from our environment uh you wouldn't pass anyone on the street without saying good morning good afternoon you know we weren't out in the evening so there was no need for a child to say that um because when the street lights came on we were already home you know? uh now the concept of you know wearing your pants down low and and these kinds of things that is what they've been programmed to do you know, and the young men that are around me, uh, they don't wear their pants low uh, because I have a very simple concept. If your Victorias are secreting out of your pants, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, <laughs> then it's, 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 it's open season because a behind, a human behind is a human behind, period. It doesn't have a gender until you turn the person around. So from behind, with your pants down, hey, you look sexy, buddy. Oh, you're gay. <laughs> Who could be more gay than you when you're exposing all of your Victoria's secrets, male or female? Yeah. And then, you know, those that were involved with my program, I'd get up close and personal. So I had guys, you know, with two belts on, you know, with their pants all the way up to their chest to make sure you know, I don't want to worry about me. No, 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 no. But it is for us to be able to help them not be programmed. And following, you know, guys, uh, the, the strangest thing is the police officers now can be overweight because these new thugs, quote unquote, with their pants hanging down, when they get running, they've got to open their legs to keep their pants up, which doesn't allow them to be able to run. So, you know, to me, you know, what kind of criminal are you? Uh, and, and how does this look appealing or sexy that, again, all your fruits are looming? Uh, you know, there's got to be something going on because this pair of underwear has already said pains, you know. Uh, and, and that was a no-no when we were growing up. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. almost, yeah. I mean, even if they could see the brim of your underwear, that was a problem. Sure. Yeah, actually, I remember when that was kind of sort of 
edgy, so to speak. You know, now that's now that's tame. So tell us this, if you will. What are some of the? Um, tell us about some of the programs that you know you've um, um, started and been a part of to kind of combat this. And and I'm, I I have to make this statement too. I have such an appreciation again for this conversation. Brian and I both belongs to belong to a men's group through our firm. You know, when I I, I used to hear you know the importance of you know leadership and all that kind of stuff, and I always thought it just it didn't even ring with me, even though I come from a long line of leaders. I was raised by leaders, you know, and what that word means, I had had not really thought of, you know, but you have to lead yourself, then you lead at home, then you lead the community, then you end up leading the world. So tell us this about some of the programs that you've, um, that you started and um, any that you may have in place uh, now for that very purpose. Well, we'll go backwards. I, okay. Basically, when I came home, I left the continental United States. Uh, I was working with FEMA, you know, the 24 hours and all that craziness. Uh, but drive-by shootings were like, you know, every other hour kind of thing. And I remember mm. saying to my mother, you know, man, I, I need to get away from this because I may be one of those individuals. And the Where in the state were you? Well, I was stationed in New York. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So prior to that, I was in uh, North Carolina. I was working my way home, uh, which was via Puerto Rico, then St. Thomas, then here to St. Croix. Um, but the, the, the strangest thing was the second week that I was home, we had a drive-by shooting. And, and everyone is in the newspaper, oh, the children are this, and the children are that, and the children are this. And, and the front page, the middle page, the back page, was all filled with, you know, all these crude events that our young people were involved in. But no one was talking about those young people that were doing well. We were only talking about those that were doing bad as if that was the entire population. Mm. And I said, well, you know, and then and an election came up at that time and I, I, I listened very intently, but we, we, we did lip service. The children are our future. Yet our schools are terrible. They don't have any books. We don't have any after-school programs. There are no interscholastic sports. You know, there, there's not even a cooking class. Mm. So I took it upon myself part-time initially uh, to develop a, a, a mentorship program in St. Croix. Uh, of course, I was trying to cheat to get over to St. Croix. Um, so I, I got a few uh, folks involved that did carpentry, did mechanics, did some welding. But... I looked at the holistic component of the individual child. Whereas instead of just the academia, oh, he's a smart child, but he has no social skills, uh, you know, or he's got all these social skills, but he can't, you know, he doesn't know the number for 911. You know, we have issues there. So it was to address a holistic approach to our young people. And in doing that, I was blown out of the water. By the time I started uh, the development of the Downstreet People Youth in Action Program uh, in Crown Prince and got it right next to Windward Passage Hotel, hmm. uh, in, you know, uh, we started off at um, Langlo's place, uh, which was across from the cemetery. And we literally had to move the, the, the desks and the instruments outside so the children could come in. That's how many children we had just in that neighborhood. 
Wow. Then we moved down to uh, Windward Passage by Benjamin's parking lot. Uh, we went from one room in a shed to the entire uh, location. The parking area was being taken care of, uh, being utilized by Chase Bank, who after a few months started to donate because they liked what they saw. They liked how the children, you know, responded to them. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you today? You know, excuse us. Thank you please. And it became, you know, for me, that's normal. For these other folks, it was like, wow, they're so well behaved. They're so well mannered. The The reality was they were wow. doing things that I was accustomed to. So that that's was all we knew growing up. That's how you approach people. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this was, remember, they were programmed. We were brought, we were taught up. They were programmed. Mm. Yeah. The other day I had a big joke with my son. He was he's he has a pet cat. It's a female cat, but her name is Junior. Um, and he was outside playing with her and she went into the bush and he went behind her and he got stung by a Jack Spaniel, which is a wasp here. Mm. Uh, he came running back and I simply put some uh, lemongrass oil on it and sent him back outside. He was content. He right. loves being outside. You know, and that's what I want them to be able to to be brought up, to be taught up, not programmed, where they sit in front of a Game Boy or a, a Nintendo or a Dreamcast or whatever it is they've got going on today, and they're just fixated. They're programmed by this. So now, when they become adults, their program, their programming that they had before, is now, you know, reaffirmed by them going along to get along because that's what they were programmed to do. And again, you know, I have listened to every single one of your guests that you have had on the show. And, you know, I'm still waiting to see what's wrong. These people are special because of the things that they have accomplished, period. That's what's made them special, their accomplishments. I mean, standing up in front of a group of people and speaking, that's an accomplishment. For sure. Being being able to say, no, I don't like asparagus. That's an accomplishment. And if you can't do just for today, then reduce it to just for an hour. If you can't do it for an hour, reduce it for just for this minute. And if you can't do that, just for this moment. Mm. But get the win. And take right. the win. And then move forward from there. But when it becomes too stressful... Again, most males won't reach out and say, you know, Sean, Brian, I had a terrible day today. You know, yeah. this is what's going on. We're not taught to vent. You know, uh, every morning my father would come in before he woke us up and sit down at the edge of the bed. You know, this is what was going on. You know, what's going on with you? Uh, you know, how was school yesterday? You know, what do you got going on today? Is there a football game, a basketball game, a karate tournament, whatever it was? He included himself five, ten minutes. I don't know how long it was, but he came in and sat with each and every one of us. And he shared that time. Up to this day, my father can't swim. I discovered my father couldn't swim when I came home from college. But every Sunday we went to the beach. Wow. And he was doing what I thought was swimming because he was in the, but again, I have a little advantage. <laughs> my, my father is seven feet, one inch. Wow. 
and he he would basically be kneeling down and doing these strokes but he was there with us and we didn't know any different because you know at seven feet and we're three feet we're at his kneecap you know he could do anything and get away in the water and we would never know but it was about spending that time with us being there with us and you know when he got us up in the morning we would take our bath by the time we came out to eat he was cleaning up because he had already been out doing and preparing himself to go to work. He would start to put the kettle on, you know, so by the time we came out, my mother's already now out and she's fixing breakfast. There was that teamwork. And then as we got older and we got into high school, it was about learning about food, how to pick up chicken and purchase chicken and what meats look good and fruits and vegetables. So when I started the program with my young people, that was the same thing I did. We'd go to the supermarket. When we traveled from St. Thomas to St. Croix, our girls got together and two of my boys who are now, uh, one is a Michelin star chef in Atlanta. Wow. And the other one works in New York. Uh, and mm. the, the one that works in New York is actually a vegan, but he prepares the best food okay he's never tasted meat i i swear but he cooks wow. the best steaks, the best pork chops you know has no problem with this they went out and they purchased the food for the time that we would be in saint croix they did the room assignments you know who was going to be in what room with whom you know uh the when we were going down to the village you know what time we would go how long we would stay you know the transportation uh, from St. Thomas to St. Croix and back, you know, what groups were in what plane, you know, how many tickets were required, you know, if we were going to get any discounts on the tickets, they negotiated all of this. Wow. And you, you taught know, them, you taught them basic life skills, like your teaching, like your guidance is how to, you know, how to, how to be a leader in, in your family and to, to Sean's point in your head, in your family, in your community, right? How to take life skills and, and apply them. Which I, I think the point that you're making is like that definitely is missing in a lot of in a lot of places. Because again, we, we, we get back to that separation and labeling, you know, and when we remove the labels and we make it all inclusive, as Sean and I spoke and, and and I said I said to Sean, you know, how many people do you remember that had special needs when you were a child? Hmm. What services do you remember that were in place? for the young people with special needs. Look, you had a special need. You were in the same classroom with Sean and I. Okay? That's true. Yeah. It, That's didn't, true. You know, it didn't make a difference. We didn't, the teachers paid more attention, but you know, the special need has its own levels. And when you buy into it, you know, then, oh, well, you know, I don't learn fast. Well, then learn slow, just learn. There is no uh, hmm. prohibition as, as to the allotment of how and when you should learn. And when you do uh, online classes, they, they make sure to tell you at your own pace. Well, why are we telling the rest of the children at your own pace? You're going to get there. If you need to leave earlier, that's fine. But make sure that you're at Polly Joseph, Lionel Roberts, you know, the LA stadium, wherever we're yeah. going to be there at seven o'clock. Well, if I need to leave at four in the morning to be there for seven o'clock, because I know, 
you know, my chitty chitty bang bang doesn't drive as fast as everybody else's, then <laughs> so be it. Yeah. yeah. We, we need to, to allow the children to be able to appreciate things. How do you say you, you don't like broccoli? Have you ever eaten broccoli? No, I just don't like it. How do you know? <laughs> you don't right. have the experience. Get the experience and then say, hey, I really don't like broccoli. But it may be something that you develop a palate for later. And we got into cooking. Uh, we got into Bible studies. We got into uh, uh, certifying them as uh, lifeguards, uh, scuba diving. I, I have one that uh, I have several, but one in particular, he loves to jazz me about it. Um, his name is Kevin Maynard. He was in the military, did his school. He's now in IT, has his own business here in St. Croix. Um, and, you know, a matter of fact, he's getting married soon. Um, he got involved in scuba diving because I introduced them to it. Mm -hmm. We introduced them to being able to do something for the summers while you're in school. So we did uh, the, the, uh, the learn to swim certification through Red Cross. Uh, we did the lifeguard certification through Red Cross. And while he was working, you know, at the various summer camps, he, he went out with me one day. We did a resort uh, uh, scuba dive, he fell in love with it. And now he has his own equipment. He's taking pictures. And every five minutes, he's out scuba diving, night diving. Oh, Mr. Moorhead, I did a night dive. You know, hmm. I, you know okay, give me a break. Yeah. There is no uh, definition as to who should own a sailboat. Who should own a yacht? It's not for just one group. It's for anyone that has a desire. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a licensed FAA pilot. Well, that's great. It, and I only did it because I'm cheap. Uh, it, it cost me <laughs> too much money to buy tickets to go from, you know, St. Croix to St. Thomas for Thanksgiving and, and back and forth with my family. So it was cheaper <laughs> to rent a plane and fly the family over, pick up as much food as I want, and bring it back. Wow. You know, and and you know it's become a pleasure since. So I also have individuals that got into piloting, that are now commercial pilots. One mm. that works with United, and one that works with um, um, uh, Continental. So tell and, me, and, go, ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead, go ahead. I mean, and and they will call me. Look, they're making more money than I made. One's making over $100,000 a year. He's only been working there for eight years. But he's now the captain. And he loves it. So is the program still in, is the program still in place now? Uh, unfortunately, no. Um, because of my relocating, um, it is something that has kind of died out over a three-year period. Um, there are some other programs that are trying to emulate it. But again, most people enter into it with one aspect instead of looking at the whole child. I, I'm going to teach you steel band and that's all. Okay, but when I come after school, I still got homework to do. No, no, no I'm going to teach you steel band. I'm going to teach you music. But I, my concept was we had a location. I, I had uh, uh, some retired teachers that came in. We gave stipends to that worked with our children from K through 12. And, and I had college students that would come in and work with my high school students so that they could get um, credits uh, uh, for their community service. Thank you for the energy. So the, 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 the need for the energy was there. But again, I just put the pieces together so that they could function.
we, we I, tend to sell them short and children are much, much sharper than we give them credit for. I completely agree. And I think what you're, it's funny, the, 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 the through line between this conversation and, and all the conversations that we've had on our, on our podcast over the last, you know, several months has always been, if you can provide the toolkit for children to be successful, for people to be successful, right? And a lot of times uh, people get stuck in, to your point, the label, or they get stuck in a box and they don't know what tools are available. They don't know what the toolkit is available to them. They don't know where to access or how to access or who to talk to. And so what we find are there are phenomenal people out there in the community creating that access and, and, and leading the way and guiding and showing. And I think that the first thing is that it makes people feel like they're not alone, right? There's somebody else that, that is going through something similar. So you immediately get out of your head that this is all about me or it's somebody else. And then beyond that, there's somebody who has some expertise that can give be a leading image, a guide for us to step into wherever our strengths are. And, you know, we find that, that as we talk about the special needs children, where you may have a, def a deficiency in one particular area, you often have an, you have a significant or super efficiency in other areas, right? So the key to your point, which I love, Robert, is what you're talking about with this, within this program and, and talking about the potentiality for children is for, for folks to identify those areas where they've got the super efficiency, they've got the superhero power, they've got the ability to succeed. And it doesn't matter how they get there as long as they get there, but identify it, support it, acknowledge it, guide it, channel it, and give them a chance to win. And I, I think that that's, that that's phenomenal. And it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens because people like you are leaders who are open to the conversation to say, there's things have to be, things have to change. We have to make a difference here in these children's lives. But right? you, you, you have done this in your own household and your daughter is a perfect example of that. I mean, look at her interview. I, I challenge anyone. You know, she made it real clear. Uh, 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 not me. <laughs> yeah. You can hang yeah. on to your label all you want. I am. And that is the whole thing. The minute you start off the sentence and you say, I am, the universe pays attention to what comes next. So if you say, I am ill, sick, weak, that is what the universe puts into place. But if right. you say that I am blessed and highly favored by the word of God, then that is what comes to play. And everything is set up that way. We, we tend to, to, to sell our young people short and expect that by osmosis, you know, that they're going to know these things. If you expose them, look, my children are, are quote unquote from the hood. Yet I can challenge anyone to take them to fine dining. These young people know how to use chopsticks and mm -hmm. insist on using chopsticks, you know, when we go out. They're familiar with sushi. You know, they know the culinary, which is a soup spoon, what is what, you know, and sure. they enjoy going out initially and showing off, you know, no mommy, <laughs> that's not the spoon that you use for the soup. This is the one, you know, <laughs> uh, and to see that gleam on their face, you know, that wow, I'm 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 now teaching, and yeah. again, you know, uh, Javon Garcia, uh, he was as big as a toothpick. He's on social media now as a fitness guru, and I mean, he's got muscles under his muscles under muscles. But if you look at pictures when he was a part of 
you know, the pan yard. He was a drummer, but this is an individual, like I said, you know, he was afraid of his shadow. Now mm. he's bringing people out of their shadows simply because somebody stood up behind of him and said, you are. And then he said, I am. I am for sure. Wow. The power wow. of daily affirmations. I mean, we talk about it a lot, right? The power of speaking into existence, those things about us that, that by the way, at some, we may not believe it, but then we learn to embrace it and, and then truly believe it, speaking it into existence. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, as I would say, you know, we all know God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves sometimes, right? And and it takes leaders in our community to pour belief into us because they can see something in us that we may not be able to see ourselves. And I think that what you're speaking to, Robert, and why it resonates so much for for me personally, and I know it does for for Sean as well, and and the folks in our in our community is that is that drawing forth leaders to acknowledge their own power and their own capabilities, but then turn around and be able to do that for other people is 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 what is is the power of, of community. It's the power of what we're doing and why we're doing what we do, right? It's the it's the light to you know have our candles be lit and then light candles for other people along the way to share that light in the world around us. Most definitely. Robert, I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Go you on the spot. Okay. You your your effort <laughs> Your effort to, to do as Brian mentioned in the past has consisted of taking a shot at a seat and the and the Senate in the US Virgin Islands there. Do you have plans to do that again? Uh, I do. Um, things have not changed and our community is suffering. Uh, as you know, um, we, well, in, in case you don't know, we lost the refinery in St. Croix right after know. that right after that we had two category five hurricanes one for st thomas one for st croix mm. uh, and then right after that we had covid um our leadership right. has failed basically and right now we have individuals that are more concerned with i uh that are and not concerned with we or us uh but we and us are paying to keep i you know in 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 tall grass uh, the the right. thing about it, you know, is we need to change the focus because our community is that small. Uh, you know, the Moorheads know the Francis's, the Francis's know the Hodges, the Hodges know the Quinones's, and everybody knows everybody. You, you That's right. why at weddings we have to check to make sure we're not related, you know, and, and you know, your, your fifth cousin and on, okay. Um, that's right. Our that's our funny. It's real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our community is that small. And and I remember, you know, growing up and, you know, whether in St. Thomas or St. Croix, my grandparents may give me something to carry to Miss Molloy. It might have been a sweet bread or or a couple of fish, you know, in a container and you would carry it up, you know, and, and, and deliver on it. On a plate. And, yeah. On a plate. And yeah. literally they would return the plate with some other stuff in it to return back to your house. The plate never came back right. empty, you know, right. uh, just one minute. I got something here for your grandmother. Give her this, that, the other, you know, whatever it was. We were community. <laughs> we looked out. I was my brother's keeper was the concept. Mm. This is what keeps, you know, a That's family right. bound. And the family is a part of a neighborhood. So in the family, if I am looking out for my family members, 
The extension of that is now I'm looking out for my neighborhood. The extension to that is I am now looking out for my town. The extension then to the city, to the state, to the country. We have lost that. Eventually the world. Yeah. Exactly. And, and we have lost that. Yeah. And we need to get back to it because we cannot afford to continue doing what we have been doing. Our seniors, my mother retired. And when she worked, and she was a director of a senior program, she retired at $22,000, $23,000 a year. Okay. Our retirement system only pays 40 or 60% of that if you've worked the entire 30 years or whatever. Amazing. We have leaders that want to deduct another 40% as if we're talking about people that don't live here, that are not related to us. You know, why would you do that? And the electrical bills here can be anywhere from $200 to $600 for your home. Hmm. We pay the highest kilowatt hour in the world. Mm -hmm. At one point, it was 55 or 56 cents a kilowatt hour. I, I remember teasing my brother because in North Carolina at the time, he was complaining that, you know, the North Carolina electrical companies wanted to increase the rate to 12 cents. And I said, you know, you you just need Jesus because, you know, we're paying 50 something cents down here. Every time I get my electric bill, I got to walk around the house to make sure no one's plugged in, you know, and siphoning electricity. We're not yeah. looking out for our community as a whole. We have schools that are closed down because of the storm and now because of COVID, uh, the distance learning, you know, it's it's not as successful as it could be or should be. And they're not talking to the people that are doing it, you know. Right, for uh, sure. And, and that is is an issue. You have teachers that are in the, the the framework. They're doing their best, but you don't ask them any questions. You tell them that they have to do X or they have to do Y, and wait for the resources to come. Tell me, tell me this, Robert. Uh, if I, because I wouldn't have known this growing up, like you said, you know, you had. I knew that there was special education because there were, you know, special education buses, the smaller buses, or or maybe somebody in your in your in your class you know was challenged or something like that. But not a whole lot as far as the programs go. I'm here in Los Angeles. I move to the Virgin Islands tomorrow. I move home. My son is 14 on the autism spectrum. What do the services look like at home? Be it St. Thomas or St. Croix. Uh, fortunately we do have very, very, very good services. Mm -hmm. um, even with uh, Jamila, at one point, she, she was in charge of those things, but we, we've come to have a bigger and larger understanding. And I, I, I really, that's why I keep saying to you guys, I really wish that we would do that with everything. Um, there, there is a, an issue that needs to be addressed. And we, you know, we go full whole hog to make sure that you know, whether it's 14, 10, 26, whether it's a mild or major, we have the components and resources. Uh, uh, Peace, uh, is it Peace Corps? I think it's Peace Corps in St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, they have exceptional services. Um, my, my elder son, um, he had uh, dyslexia. The private schools have a complete component for that and now our public schools as well Fantastic. you know um they 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 make sure to go that extra mile um and the, right. the strange thing about it was 
Um, it was the teachers that called us in and said, look, you know, we believe that, you know, this and that is the situation. And then in the conversation with my mom, uh, she said, oh, that's nothing. Your, your brother had it as well. This is what we did. I was like, you know, he had it as well. He was going to school like, yeah, don't worry about it. There's a library here for that. Uh, talking books, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, any book that the school can give you, they can get it for you. Uh, and the assistance that goes along with it. Um, again, like I said, with Jamila and I, yes, I understand the terminology and I support it, but I don't promote it because all of our children are special and need to be treated that way because we don't know what level. Like I said, you know, mine's had it. It's been in my family, um, you know, my, my, my youngest, um, he, he's showing off today and he's itching to get in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he, he, he was, we went to pick up his report card today and I don't know if you can see that very well. Oh, I, I see the word honor. There you go. Honor, honor roll. roll. All right. Yes. Look at you that. Know, and, and, and he, so he's very excited with himself. So, uh, he, and, and this is what we're saying. I say to him, because you worked hard now you get to play just as hard and there's right. a time for everything so we celebrate come we celebrate those things uh this is at the moment my youngest oh my gosh what a beautiful <laughs> child look at that hello hello hello, hello. hello. Say hello. hello. <laughs> Go. oh gosh mr tv uh <laughs> he, he, he loves going to the radio station with me um, and he, he grabs the mic and he gets on the air and he does his thing. Uh, wow. So it's a pleasure to see him. Pleasure. I'm glad Beautiful. you had him Beautiful. pop on. We're at, uh, we're, we're at that time. Now tell me this, did this hour go by as fast as you thought? Because I know you have your own show, so you're used to that. It always seems to go by faster each show for us. Uh, yes. When I'm watching you guys, yes. Uh, when I'm on air, five minutes seems to be too long, but I paced myself out. Uh, during, during the storms, it was really bad because we had to be on for eight and 12 hours at a time. Wow. Uh, so we were eating and everything in the studio. Uh, but you know, the show I've reduced it to, you know, once a week, I was doing four or five times a week, but it, it is draining when you do it yeah. that often. Um, and especially right. if you're working and you're, you know, you've got your family and everything else, the time period for you guys, yes. Um, I would say two hours is good um, because some of the subjects and especially some of the wonderful guests that you guys have, I mean, I'm leaning in and then you hear Sean, I go, okay, well, you know, it's like, what, 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 you gotta be kidding me, time to go already, you know, uh, so I am, I am hoping that, you know, the platform gets to the point where, you know, we can expand it to two hours or you guys can expand it to two hours uh, okay. because again, the subject matters are beautiful uh, and, and they are warranted and needed. And the time and attention is also needed to go with it. Did we lose well, Thank you so, so much. Yeah, we did. He just texted me to his, his internet literally just went out. So <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to wrap up without him. Unfortunately, you know, we, we, we've always said that we've had little technical issues as we grow and uh, grow and go our way through. But we, we push on and, uh, and we're able to add value with uh, 
great people like yourself. So I want to thank you so much for the time today. Um, and it's, it's, it's so amazing how life works out after, you know, all these years. Um, thank everyone that has continued to tune in. You find us on Facebook Live. Uh, obviously, the audience in the U.S. Virgin Islands back home and uh, WSDX. But you can also find the subsequent episodes on YouTube TV, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. And I want to wrap up by thanking Brian, because uh, I so appreciate uh, the union and the opportunity to make a difference with him. I want to thank the women in my life my mom and uh, my wife, um, for whom without I would not be. And thank everyone. And just remember that, you know, somebody someplace needs to know that you care. Somebody someplace needs to know that they matter. So let's find a way to be kind to each other. And if you're listening to us, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you.